there are defining moments in falconry. One of the defining moments in falconry, just to couple off the top of my head, was seeing a prairie falcon hit a pigeon. Sounded like a baseball bat. It was, it was awesome. So awesome. Um, and seeing a sharpie explode, I couldn't believe the falconer. It was Vince Pontello again. Yep. Let's a sharpie's jesses go fast enough. This morning dove rips out of a warehouse right in front of us, and I mean literally six or eight feet in front of our faces, going right to left. And Vince lets go of the jesses, and that sharpie blows up and catches that that dove. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Thanks again so much for joining us for another week of the Falconry Told podcast. This is John Munyer, and this week offers a slightly different perspective on things yet again. Um, I'm joined this week by Josh and Sarah Hoos, which is one of Falconry's uh, married couples, and it was cool sitting down with them and kind of talking about how Falconry works with their relationship and some of the different birds that they've they've chosen because of that and some of the different birds that they've flown throughout their their falconry careers and it was also cool um you know talking to to josh and sarah kind of on the side too about um you know their horse training and seeing you know their stable and everything and they're they're pretty well established in in the horse community as trainers so that was kind of cool getting to talk to them um about as well and it was uh, it was nice meeting them for the first time, and um, Jared Smith joined me this this uh, episode also as a kind of guest co-host. Um, so um, appreciate him kind of helping set this up and everything. So yeah, I mean I think you guys will enjoy it. It is kind of a, a little different perspective on things for sure. So without uh, without wasting any more time here, let's uh, let's get Josh and Sarah who's on here. So appreciate it. Enjoy. Three, two, one. So I'm here with uh, Josh and Sarah Hoos, and Jared's the co-host for, for hey this, guys. Jared Smith. Anyway, how are you guys doing? And uh, yeah, so go ahead and just get started with, with kind of how um, you guys got into all this. And uh, I, I guess yeah, yeah, Sarah's motioning towards uh, we're, the husband he, to start he, over he here. He talks so. a lot. He's, yeah, he's we're, we're good, and we do talk a lot. So I hope yep. uh, Sarah gets enough time to talk. But we've been doing well, uh, just like everybody else. We're cooking in the heat. We're waiting for the season to start and the leaves to fall off, which seems to take about five, six months. <laughs> and uh, and uh, from now. And, uh, and looking forward to another season. This will be our, what, eighth? Uh, yeah. Something like that. We're, we stopped keeping track. Once we became generals and birds became available, we stopped keeping track. But our story is pretty fun um, as far as how we got into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sarah will adjust me at need throughout the podcast. She'll uh, she'll she'll correct whatever that's, I said that's wrong. Yeah, that's what she's supposed to do best in your yeah. life, right? Somebody yeah. has to do that. Adjust constantly and <laughs> and correct you like all the time. Right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Help constructive criticism. Uh-huh. But uh, what I, the way I remember it um, is, I had just gotten back from like 14 days of deer hunting in Kansas, mm-hmm. and Sarah was eight months pregnant or yeah, six months pregnant something I, like that i was really and pregnant, she said whatever it is she said look she said i appreciate that you're a hunter and i think that that's really cool she said but by the amount of time alone that hunting takes i want to know if you think there's something that we could explore that maybe we could do hunting wise together oh ah, okay she said and bear in mind i don't want to shoot bambi I like eating and, Bambi. I just and, didn't want to. And I don't want to go stand in the cold water. Right. So that okay. 
precluded those two, uh, duck hunting and deer hunting. And she said, but I was reading online about falconry. And I said, that's cool. I, I read My Side of the Mountain when I was a kid. And, you know, I think during Boy Scouts and in school, we had raptor presentations a couple times. Right. I said, that's good with me. And that was, um, actually, that was right before we moved here onto mm-hmm. this farm where there's like 600 acres. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, we might really be able to do this. And that was late late winter, early spring. And by May, we had met our future sponsor. We moved here, met our future sponsor, and by June or July, had our muse built. Okay, it was so, like, so how long, well, real quick, how long had you guys been together at that point? Uh, we'd been together about two years, less I, than no, a year no, married. No, 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 no. <laughs> comes the first interjection. No, yeah, no, you're, you're rushing the timeline. So I did the falconry thing, I suggested that to you, and then we waited like a solid year and a half because Audrey was mobile when we started it. Okay. So I brought it up, and then I thought it would be best if we waited. So Audrey wasn't, like, a small person. And then we started in, it. So, in fall. So she was probably <laughs> two... I think we waited, like, almost two years before we really jumped into it. But it was... Okay. Once we started it, it was like... Yeah, it that, started. That fury of falconry, that rage of falconry. Mm-hmm. It was just like... You know, it just hit us and we went down and met um brian brown brian brown came up from east west tennessee yep. and we met our sponsor don about an hour and a half away from here in Tullahoma, mm-hmm. and uh that was the start of it and it all happened like over the summer we got we studied our butts off and then you know went and did this and then all of a sudden it was just like our lives Mm-hmm. Like, and we, we trained horses. I think I, I, we had talked about it a little bit before, um, we started recording, but, uh, we train horses for a living. Mm-hmm. And so despite all the warnings that we had about, you know, falconry is a big deal. It consumes a lot of time. We're like, shoot another animal. And yeah. we work our horses. <laughs> Every horse gets worked 45 minutes a day. Five three six, to five times yeah. and, and you have week. how many how many horses now currently too many currently <laughs> we have four we're trying to get a fifth yeah and you know it's just it so we we're we're very accustomed to animals with very intensive needs well and our yeah. horses aren't turned out well when you yeah. guys saw in our barn like they are kept up i normally bring them in at seven in the morning they go out somewhere between like five and nine o'clock in the evening mm-hmm. so like taking care of birds and I mean, that's like nothing. Yeah, the threshold for killing stuff was Sarah's big hang-up. She was like, I don't know what... Yeah. She's like, I'm not... She said, I'm not not sure whether that's going to be doable for me. And I said, trust me, you spend all this time on this bird, and there's a squirrel there that you think might hurt it. Mm -hmm. I said, that thing's going down. (laughs) He was right. I had no problem And when when push came to shove, Sarah was like, I don't don't mind stabbing this thing and then cutting it up with scissors. Sarah (laughs) was like, Saving it it for later for food for the bird. Yeah. I mean, did did the fact that it was something that naturally occurs every day in nature, did that help you kind of get over that too? No. No, I really, I mean, I don't, you know, I didn't really think about it that way. I was like, I don't know if I can deal with dispatching the quarry even though i mean it's a natural thing right I, but yeah, like yeah. i i didn't well, some, some people don't have that in them they've got that you know that that just that ultra sensitive 
nature about them, you know, and, and I, I kind of get that to a, a certain degree. Well, Some people, it's not even so much a sensitive thing. It's just they, they, they just, they just don't want to. Okay, do so things. I have this really weird like tactile issue. <clears throat> I don't like the way that the fur feels like all around the rib cage. Like I don't like. I know this is so weird, <laughs> but, <laughs> but like I don't like the way it feels. Uh-huh. And so I thought that was going to be the issue. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't really like hurrying up to like help it to in the life but like because the we, my bird would have no problem so just eating so it. it's kind of like the reason why i hate snowballs and love swiss cake rolls yeah like, exactly like, yeah. The, like the coconut texture yes. it's not the taste yes. it's, it's, it's a consistency yeah exactly. yeah you know it's and i'm, yeah. I'm still very much that way with uh rabbits yeah. yeah like i don't like i hate having to stretch out the rabbit she I, still does that. I, like, I, I i just don't i don't if sarah's in a field and a rabbit goes down She's either gonna go like liberate it, or she's gonna go st- stretch it really quick. Right. Because no, I, I got you. That's not okay with her. Yeah. Well, I mean, and and that's part of the that's part of the whole thing with the sport too. Is yeah. you want to humanely, absolutely, as quickly you know, and as humanely. Yeah, you don't and, you don't want it to suffer needlessly. No, and absolutely well, and not. As a hunter, I've always, I've always like, there's this perception of hunting, even deer hunting or whatever kind of hunting you're doing. I think it's part of this concept like agrarian drift where people are getting farther away from the farm and we're we're both farm kids Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. more or less and to me like there's this image of deer hunter that just like shoots it oh there's a deer i'm going to shoot it and i think as hunters we have this totally different almost unrelatable perspective because whether you're doing falconry or you're or you're deer hunting or whatever kind of hunting you're doing upland whatever um you spend all this time with these animals and you have all these interactions and if you're an upland hunter maybe you've seen a a hawk come down and and kill something maybe you're just a person who's seen something fly down from a power pole but that flight is all you get to see right but then as a hunter you have this like reverence for what makes us live you know you've got you've got uh this circle of life and as a hunter i think a lot of us you know we're talking for the hunting community which is not something i try and do but at least for me the dispatching of the game or the shooting of a deer and the tracking it that's all part of the cycle that you feel so connected to when you hunt falconry Mm -hmm. even more so it's this thing that's so so strange when maybe the only exposure you've ever had is seeing a kestrel hovering in a field or a red tail going down in the meeting of an inner inner interstate you have this constant interaction with this bird Mm -hmm. that's doing what it totally does natural naturally and it just makes you feel like you plug straight in right it's It's, mainlining nature it's kind of like that that primal the primal aspect of it and one of those things that you just can't can't really explain it's just you know it just helps you feel more interconnected to everything and And it it helps you gain more of an appreciation like I, i would have never had the appreciation for rabbits squirrels and everything that i do now it's 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 kind of funny and i'm sure you guys probably feel similar in in that um you you don't you don't gain as much respect for you know the 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 prey you know i would have never i would have never you know after seeing my like the rabbit yeah like jump my bird and stuff like you come to respect those those prey items you know so much more yeah 
and and sometimes you're <laughs> as bad as it sounds you know I and mean, it's not out of spite but sometimes you, you root for the rabbit <laughs> you know well, yeah. Like, yeah of course not not when it's your bird that's well, up exactly but, I mean, you know, <laughs> but it's more fun to, to watch a rabbit you know do a backflip over your or front flip over oh, yeah. someone else's bird than you know. especially yeah when we've like when it's already juked the bird like two or three times mm-hmm. or it's made a couple of bailouts when you're squirrel right. hunting you're like oh man right. this you, thing's a fighter and and you gain so much when you say you're hunting you're a hunter or you're hunting people have this you know click bang idea mm-hmm. and with uh with hunting in that pursuit you get this appreciation that's just it's so much more fleshed out you get this appreciation of the game and and with birds you know i mean it's just the the symphony that happens between animal a prey and predator it's it's never more evident than it is because you look at them and you see what they do and like your your bunny jumping over your bird it's like this is not the first time this has happened right they're both designed to do this right and that that hawk that that uh avian predator is perfectly made to do this and right. there's a razor jet between them right anything any fallacy in that game species is going to be weeded out by these by these birds of prey mm-hmm. well it's like, it's like the same you know it's like by by february there's no no such thing left as a dead or as a dumb uh dumb rabbit or a dumb squirrel mm-hmm. yeah, or that's true. i mean like they, all, all the all the dumb ones well they don't live yeah yeah so only the strong survive and that same thing happens like as a duck hunter out in arkansas you you know a lot of guys are going to max prairie wings and buying you know calls that broadcast three quarters of a mile and you know in the last quarter of the season down in arkansas i'm not blowing a call mm-hmm. you know because those ducks have been shot at they know and they see and that mm-hmm. prey species adapt and survive and and to be a part of that to see that and and feel it is it's a cool thing yeah no i mean it's the same way with uh it's the same way i i, I remember the first time we went hunting um i went hunting jackrabbits with with all of our mutual me and jared's mutual hunting buddies and stuff and I remember the first time I saw a jackrabbit do that do that whole deal where they slow down and they wait for the bird to catch up and right before right before you know you think your bird's gonna get it and that rabbit just takes off again and like yeah. you know, from zero to zero to sixty in like two <laughs> nanoseconds flat you know and you're just like oh it almost had it and they're just like no it didn't <laughs> I, I, they're, they're like they're like no yeah. dude you don't you don't get it like that jackrabbit planned that and I was just like oh that's on my bucket list. I, I want to go hunt jacks never, so bad. I've never seen it either. But the the first exposure I had to that was a video that Tony Serfadini mm-hmm. did. Um, his oh. his teaser trailer for Whack It and Stack It. <laughs> and you've got these eagles that he's flying who are just as well adapted because you see this eagle come over and do this wicked wing over. And then it actually like wing fakes this mm-hmm. jackrabbit. And the mm-hmm. jackrabbit makes his move. Yep. And that that eagle just flips right over does a complete barrel roll and tags that jackrabbit mm-hmm. and I, I was just like oh my god that's the <laughs> yeah. coolest thing i've ever yeah. seen well yeah. i mean the, the cool thing is is um you know we um we, we've we've done we've seen pretty much gosh i mean seen i well i mean i should say i i've seen red tails harris's goshawks um you know most of the of, of the, your normal standard you know harris hawks you know see more of the, the normal standard birds you know hunting jackrabbits and and one of the cool things i will tell you guys is um 
you guys are going to be really adequately equipped, you know, for the first time you get to go and, and do it because you guys hunt Harris's in a, in a cast, correct? Mm-hmm. So um, that's one of the cooler ways off a tea perch, especially. Um, my Our buddy uh, Greg Inman was doing that um, when we were in, in Kansas this past season and everything. And, uh, you know, watching two Harris's, um, especially in a cast together off a tea perch, pursue a jackrabbit and watching them work together in that whole mm-hmm. situation you'll love it the first time you get to do it. Um, and, and it's so much better. Um, you'll bag, you'll bag probably more jacks definitely that way with the cast because I mean, they work so well together. Yeah. And, I've heard um, that. I'm excited. And I'm also yeah. really curious because something that you don't see as much, and there are people out there I'm sure that have done it, but and it's my lack of exposure that says it, but like we hunt on this big farm right here and it's all hills and hundred foot hardwoods. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking forward to seeing our squirrel fit Harris Hawks mm-hmm. going out there and doing that. And it's totally different and seeing if we can get them entered and, and going in that direction and just seeing how that goes. Cause these birds, I mean, Sarah and I get fitter and the birds get fitter, mm-hmm. you know, throughout the season. And- so, so you, you, yeah, you guys will definitely want to get your cardio in yeah. before because yeah. literally, I mean, it, you won't have to worry about it near as much with, with two Harris's because, when one barrels into it there so the thing with harris is that that most people notice is there's always the one that kind of wants to to wait for the other to make the first Mm -hmm. i'm sure you guys have saw that we see see that all the time with squirrel hunting and everything too i bet well it's no different with the jacks man there there's going to be one that's ultimately braver and the other one that's going to trail back just a smidge and wait for that first initial tag and then the second one will plow in right afterwards and then they'll both together they can they can handle jack so you guys might be able to get away with light jog yeah. <laughs> so, oh, so, no. so, but, uh, but I mean, you know, for guys that do it with the, you know, you, you've seen I'm Jared. Be real yeah, hard. yeah, Jared, <laughs> Jared, I'm puffing. It's yeah, gonna be rough. Jared's gonna have to to get, you know, his his trim fit, uh, you know, his, beach body going. Say his summer body. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I don't want to get into too controversial a talk. Well, I do because I'm bringing it up. But, um, <laughs> you know, people. <laughs> we started out with red tails. Uh huh. And the reason we made the transition, the reason we're squirrel hawking Harris's is because when we get off of work or when we get the chance to hunt, mm-hmm. we have the option of if we gave both of our red tails an hour, mm-hmm. you know, that's saying we have two hours to hunt. Right. Which we don't. Which we don't right. for a majority of the season. You're hunting both both birds at the same time and saving time. So yeah. that's where yep. was set, that's why we're Makes squirrel, perfect sense. Yeah. That's why we're squirrel hunting um, with a cast of Harris's. And for us, it works really well. Sure. Um, we're hunting these Harris hawks. And Sarah actually mentioned that when we first started. She was like, they've got these pair of buitos. <laughs> and, and I, like, they, I have no idea what They about. hunt together like in a pack, like wolves. And she's like, you can hunt more than one of them. You can hunt more than two of them. And it'd be really cool if we could do that. And I was like, yeah. I'm going to have my peregrine, and I'm going to be doing cool things. Golden Eagle. And Sarah educated me again because eventually that's where we ended up, and it it really works well for us. Um, Because, you know, the Harris Hawks, you know, love them, hate them, whatever. Um, We have a lot of fun on days we don't kill. I think I have more fun, and I love a good red tail. Mm -hmm. I hunt with Fincher, Jeff Fincher, all Mm -hmm. the time. And watching his birds hunt is always a pleasure because you don't know whether him or the bird wants it more, and it's just a lot of fun, you mm-hmm. know, and right. his birds are always spot on. But 
are Harris's go out in the woods and they hunt from their muse predominantly here on our property. We open the doors and we go hunt. And in that, we see more game moved with a cast of Harris hawks with the, with the two birds going, Yeah, you can go out with a red tail. I have friends come in, Nick Yashko comes in, Jared comes in and you can see these birds fly out there and they, a red tail zeros on a squirrel and it's this dance and it's great. Mm -hmm. But when we're moving squirrels with our Harris's, I mean, it's one after the other after the other. I mean, just, you know, and, and you've got one squirrel that you're trying to work, and then the stupid Harris goes after another squirrel in a tree over over there because they see so much. But they, you know, and and Harris's also have a, a tendency to, to try and push them to the ground, which is where yeah. the male pushes them towards the top of the tree, the female sitting at the top of the tree waiting. Ideally. Ideally. Yeah. And then she takes her, her, her hit and... and if they're really if they're flying a lit, a touch heavy, they'll almost always try and push that squirrel out of the tree. Mm-hmm. And then if they're if they're spot on, that thing's coming off the tree. I mean, yeah. it's getting ripped right She'll off the tree. She'll rip it off. The, she's ripped. She rips it off the, off the tree, tree probably sixty percent of the time. Hmm. But okay. if you see three chases in a row, that she doesn't take us if she does not pulling fur um, before that thing leaves the tree. It's, you know, it's, it's, it, we, we'll get it done, but it's not going to be a two or three head of game day. Right. You know, so, but it's interesting to see that. And it is fun to watch those Harris's just, I mean, you just see squirrels just rolling ahead of you in mm-hmm. front of you because the Harris's move so many. Oh, yeah. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it, it only makes sense and it's only natural that that would, because like, obviously if it's just one bird. You know, mm-hmm. the squirrels know that. They're moving oh, to the yeah. other they, side they, of the they trees. Know. But but if there's two mm-hmm. or even three or four, depending on if someone wants to be real brave and happy. We've done it. Yeah, I was going to say, not, not, that it, not that it never happens and not that plenty of people have done it, because obviously yeah. they have. But I know it would. it's it's not really in me to want to manage three or four birds at one time. Yeah. It gets but a little much even with two. Yeah. 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 Like ideally the way we set them up, Sarah flies the male a little heavier and I fly my mm-hmm. female, you know, at a general range. And that's what we try to do, but it doesn't always work. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes her male, you know, sometimes there's a miscalculation or sometimes there's yeah. a change in the weather or sometimes we bring them in most of the time. I, I say, uh, like 28, 27, we'll bring them inside every time. But Sarah's like, 34, I'm bringing him uh, in. Yeah, no, so I bring she brings in her my... male in, and maybe he's a little too heavy, or maybe she's a little too light because there's mm-hmm. a difference in the weather. Right. And uh, and it doesn't work the way it's supposed to. And then you've got two squirrels down at two different ends of the wood. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just and terrifying. you're flying around. Bet. So, yeah, when you've got four, and we've done it um, with other people, we've, we've, we fly with Vince Pontello. We've flown with him and his male, um, you know, and different birds that he's had. And then we've flown in Alabama with friends of ours. And uh, our birds have entered, I think, at least two different. We've used mm-hmm. them for make birds for at least two mm-hmm. or three different people yeah. to enter them in on, on squirrels. And uh, and it's a lot of fun. But, it like, if you don't have a big party of people, for two people, I think, I think you need to have at least as many... Uh, people out there as you do Harris Hawks for squirrels. Yeah. Because you don't want them to spend any time on the ground wondering whether or not they're in right. a good position. Yeah, no, I can definitely see that with squirrels. I mean, cottontails, you know, who cares? Yeah. Whatever, it's like... <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. 
So out of curiosity, I mean, I, I he's told me a lot about you, but Jared, I mean, how did you hook up with these guys originally? It was at uh, Jeff's Tennessee meet. Oh, I came Tennessee down for the meet. squirrel meet. It was my first big meet, and uh, they were they were real nice, and uh, alcohol was flowing, and we yeah. know each other pretty well. <laughs> they, and yeah. Picked uh, Sarah's brain on kestrels because I was wanting to try one, mm. and uh, yeah, we've been friends ever since. Went out hunting with them. I think for the rest of the meet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. It's, it's funny how that works. The best friends that I've ever had, it was literally like a first day of school thing. Like, hi, my name's Shock. Hi, my name's Jared. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, well, we've been best friends forever. Right. You know, yes. and that's just the way it worked with Jared um, and Nick Yashko. Yeah. You know, it's just like our little, our, we, and we've, you know, our, our little falconry group is now a big falconry group of some really good friends. Yeah. But it's funny how that works. It's just like some sometimes you meet somebody. It's just just clicks, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, yeah. I feel you. No, it's uh, yeah. I don't know if I don't know if it was like that with us, Jared. But you know, we got along pretty well. At the yeah, beginning. I mean, it was we, just, we we did. But you know, we met at my first meet. So I, you know, I uh, most most of my falconry at that point had been by myself. So I'm mm. meeting all these other people. And I don't know what their experience level is, and I'm really nervous. I'm gonna say something stupid. <laughs> yeah. So I mostly just kept my to myself, kept my mouth shut. And right. See, right. I've gotten over that. Right. Um, but. Yeah, it was, it was more, I was just intimidated by everybody because I, I felt like, you know, I'm, I'm the new guy. Mm-hmm. And as far as I know, everybody here has been doing it for 30 years. And mm-hmm. I've got a year and a half and turns to find out, you know, most of us are general level. And there's, you know, it's it's kind of been a, a new wave of falconers this last maybe decade or so that have gotten into it. So right, it's it's not so intimidating and everyone's real friendly. And Sarah and I are a great team because she's always nervous for what I'm going to say. Yes. <laughs> Sarah's always always. because because i don't you know sarah's right. like you shouldn't say that and i was like we'll talk about it later yeah you know yeah, no, it's um hey, there's there are those um I, I think that you know you and i would would you know jared yeah we, we get along pretty well then <laughs> yeah. because we uh we we, like we the... all have a tendency <laughs> yeah. to to have that talent of um you just never know how you're gonna Oh yeah. No, nope, you never know what's gonna happen. <laughs> I feel well, you. We're we're two of the younger guys in our group, so we like to throw out the the pop culture references. And oh make yeah, everyone else we, feel really yeah, old. It's a lot of fun, especially uh, the Star Wars ones and all. Oh that. yeah. Well, I mean, I, I've I've told this story a couple times, but um, uh, not necessarily on here, but well, maybe on. I can't remember in one of the previous episodes, but anyway, uh, one of the first times I ever got out in the field, um, it was with with Mark and and it was Keith Bennett at the time and stuff and, yep. and Joe and. And um, we were walking around, and uh, and I was talking about how I, uh, you know, love going to comic conventions and everything, and you know, love Ghostbusters and I stuff like that. that and then I showed, and I showed up with like, uh, it was just like jeans, and I, I had a, um, I had just gotten the first like, um, the one of the the newer Ninja Turtles movie for my kid. Yeah. And you know, those came with like those. Uh, um, beanies of like the different characters and stuff. So I was wearing like a Donatello like like beanie and stuff <laughs> yeah. in the field. And and I just wanted. I, I part of the reason I did is I wanted to see how those dudes would would react to me. And, yeah. You know to see you know exactly how harsh they would they would they would be. You know to see if I, if I if we could you know see how they would react. You know if I could tolerate them feeling. They gave me a good amount of crap for it, but I could tell it was good natured and everything. So that's oh, when yeah. I knew. I, that's 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 when I knew that it would it'd be all right. It's I, a solid litmus test. Yeah, very yeah. very much a litmus test for well, sure. And I'll tell you on that measure, if you are not gonna be if if there's somebody who's not comfortable with a Donatello hat. 
don't bother coming to the Tennessee meet because <laughs> that place, the paraphernalia that makes it into the field at the Tennessee meets is, yeah. I mean, the whole Tennessee meet is just a, it's a, it's a riot of yeah. falconry and just the ball tree. You've got to go this year. It's well, a I'm, I'm going to try my best as long as I don't have any scheduling conflicts. I want to, I told Jeff, I wanted to try and, uh, and make it down this year for sure. But it's uh, crazy. I'll, I'll quit I mean, my job if that's and, what it takes to go this meet. <laughs> and, uh, I'll just live with them. I feel hey, bad because it's like for his room. it's like that movie that it, you've heard is so good, and then you get there and it's a letdown. Well, I keep feeling like maybe I'm going to play the Tennessee meetup too much like that, and mm-hmm. somebody's yeah. going to feel like that. But it's not like whether you're in the field, you know. And and this season was actually this this Tennessee meet was probably our worst. Sarah and I were not ready. My parents had been in Florida for four good months. Lord, and yeah, we were we were not ready for the meet. But it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Our birds flew like crap this year, and it didn't matter because I I I can't tell the stories here. But I was going to say <laughs> I wouldn't gotta keep not, it PG. But, but. <laughs> but I had just as much fun at that meet, and I've heard that about NAFA too. That that the first time you go, don't you don't have to bring a bird because it's such an experience to see all that stuff that yeah. comes in and, mm-hmm. and falconry is not, I mean, the Tennessee meat is not that diverse mm-hmm. as far as the, uh, game and the, bird, yeah. and the, and the, and the species of birds, but it is that diverse as far as people. And oh, yeah. we just have a great time and we get these yeah. cabins and, you know, there's a core group and you never know who's going to show up. You know, yeah. the, the, the Eagle Falcon, falconress herself you know shows up down there sometimes and uh and then she's just accosted by little fanboys like me who are like can i hold your eagle you know honestly like straight up i don't i'm unabashed in my admiration for her she's she's one of the nicest people out there yeah yeah. absolutely absolutely yeah i've talked to lauren you know semi-frequently too so yeah it's it's you know it, it really is it really is cool how um you can have such a a diverse amount of people and even even though you may not always agree in even your falconry practices and stuff for the most part it is is divided as it can seem at times and people you know is is, is not is not so nice as sometimes people can be for the most part i feel like like our community is pretty um is pretty good about um you know overall just accepting and and just if not accepting then tolerating like yeah like the, the differences in, in oh, his yeah. personalities for sure all that facebook stuff goes away when you get to that meet and everyone's got a beer in their hand and it's just having a good time hey how's it going everyone hope you've been enjoying listening to josh and sarah so far uh, just wanted to pop in here real quick and give you an update on how things are going with uploading to libsyn and uh, getting the podcast to other platforms for you all um still in the middle of, of plugging away at that it's just taking a lot of time um, since we have a lot of episodes to backload and everything, but uh, everything's still going well. Hopefully, we'll have everything live for you within the next month or so. But we appreciate your patience, and uh, and hopefully, we'll have that live for you here real soon, so you can start uh, getting the podcast from other platforms and and basically uh, tuning in with us uh, on whatever medium you choose here shortly. So appreciate your patience with that, and we will keep you updated. Well, now that that announcement is out of the way, we will get right on back to Josh and Sarah Hoos. Here we go. That's a really cool thing about falconry, too. There, There's a few places like that, I think, in the world. 
but I think different sports kind of gravitate certain types of people. And the one of the cool things about falconry is it, it is the base of people who participate in it is so eclectic. From like, you've got musicians and well, and that and, that so yeah, that brings up another. Uh, I, I it always astounds me how many falconers are either musicians or artists. Yeah, like isn't that Very crazy? Much. Like you know you and and you and you never find out until occasionally you'll see like oh man that's man that's a really awesome drawing it's like yeah so and so did that and you're like, I had no idea I had no yeah. I had no idea you know and and um you know it's it's always cool whenever you um you discover stuff like that because you you would never like just meeting and casually talking to some of these people you would never you would never know yeah yeah well and again somebody like Jeff Fincher when you meet him mm-hmm. he's a skydiving instructor and he does all this crazy stuff and he's a <laughs> he's an international photographer mm-hmm. and he looks at you and, and you meet i'll introduce him to somebody or one of my friends he'll be like yeah i work at an airport right you know because Waverly. because right. that doesn't yeah. bother you know <laughs> right. that's not who he is who he is to to people is he's a hunter and he's, he's all these things but but you know and that's you hit the nail on the head it's not just artists you don't have to be that. You can be in a, you know, we've got a lawyer in town who right, does it. Yeah. We've got a guy who worked on an Air Force base. Mm-hmm. And, but you have this, it's kind of like horses in that, that all these people are full of this passion. Mm-hmm. Or they're in the process of being disillusioned from their... Uh, Everyday job? Their, no, the, the people who come in and they're here for two years and then they leave. Um, the, the novelty of it, wears um, off you yeah. know everybody thinks it's cool when when we're doing abatement work in downtown nashville oh, everybody gracious. wants to learn yeah. how to do falconry right not necessarily they want to hold a bird exactly they want to be exposed right. to a raptor yeah i don't blame them for it it's awesome yeah but you meet that and that's where you get your friends from you get your friends from the people who most of the time the people who that click happens with are people who have this you know they've gone through the they're they're the people who are sitting there in the summer going oh i'm gonna go feed a stupid yep. bird you know and it's we're being able to relate to 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 you know having having a mutual interest you can relate to and knowing what you well sometimes suffer through the same people who are like if i have to clean one more water bowl or scrape that muse out one more time <laughs> but they're the same people who call you and on the phone or they'll send you a text and they'll be like dude a legit fall leaf not like a dried out leaf like a legit <laughs> fall leaf just hit me in the face it's about go time you know these leaves are going to be off these trees let's let's do this you know and those people are going to be your friends like that you know it doesn't matter how disenfranchised you become with with some of the drudging it's like well if you don't like it why are you drudging because it's falconry i'm not right. gonna stop right you know and those people are you're gonna you know well and you just have to sometimes you just have to you have to push through the the bad stuff and you and hope that there's you know that that good stuff still that's waiting on the other side and you know we all we all have discussed many times the 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 bad things the tragedy aspect of it all and you know everybody well, loses birds and goes yeah. through and all mm-hmm. that but nothing worth doing is free well no and, you know and and most of the time anything that's worth doing is going to make you endure a whole lot of crap and pain and suffering you know it going through the process does. too but so i mean that being like so you, we, we just kind of were talking before we started recording too about you know the kestrels and everything else and stuff like I, out of curiosity how long Sarah did you say you, you were messing with kestrels I and mean, how long have you how many have you had and I think I've had 
four and three, three. And I had a right She's on my first She's fostered a lot of customers. Fostered a lot. <laughs> yeah, I've taken a lot to our rehab that we have in Jolton. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I had, I started off originally with Redtail. Uh-huh. And I trained her way too much, like a typical apprentice. I had no idea what I was first doing. First bird. Oh, right. yeah. I mean, I was, like, I was lost as an Easter egg. Gotcha. And I got her really footy, and she was just overtrained. I think I trained. I mean, I mean, some people might disagree with this, but, I mean, I was putting her on <coughs> creants for, like, a month. And oh, just wow. flying her out in the field, like, flying her, like, out in our, cow- our horse fields right here. Mm, yeah. And she was like, okay, I've got this. And I didn't know what was going on. I was right. like, yeah, she's flying. And But then when I took her out to go hunt, she wasn't hunting, right? She was just, like, following. She was following me. Because I had her too low. And so I just got a bit lost and a bit confused. And I talked to my sponsor, and he was like, well, you know, let's transfer her to another falconer that lives by you, you know, and maybe that'll reset her. And so I transferred her to another falconer, and I trapped a kestrel the next time. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Yeah. I, I loved the... Uh, control part about it because I'm already kind of controlling so sorry Josh <laughs> but, <laughs> but I loved having to literally micromanage the weight and what each um, like everything I fed her and how that handled it and what weight it would put on or take off I mean I was so over controlling that I was gutting mice to make her weight work, which you don't need to do that. That's, that's no, no, that's no, not, uh, that's yeah, not, for, there's no yeah, need to do that. Right, right. But like, that's where I was, cause I was learning and I wanted to make sure I did it right. Sure. And so I got her and then a really good friend of ours, Vince Ponatello, I was like, Vince, I have this, I have this Kestrel. My sponsor said it was great. And so Vince came up and he was flying a Kestrel at the time called Teacup. And it was really cute little, this little Kestrel. She was tiny. <laughs> she I think she hunted out like, 85 grams she's a little female both of the females that i've had have hunted in the mid in mid 80s so the the female my main female that i had um was elizabeth she was actually my second or third kestrel but she hunted at like i think it was like 106 okay and i got it up to where i think i could take her out to like like 110 um but i had very limited slips at that point but i wanted i was just curious uh but so we actually yeah i hunted her with teacup and we tried to do it in a cast. It didn't, mm-hmm. I mean, it was kind of silly. It didn't, like, they were fine, but one went one way, the other went the other way, and we're like, well, this is dumb. It was just like basically hunting two individuals yeah. at the yeah. same time. I mean, it wasn't was, any, no partnership no, it aspect was, of it. It was yeah. like, this is great. Not really. So, <laughs> you know, and so he helped me get started, and... Uh, he walked us through, and that's that's been the cool part, too. Oh, yeah. When she was doing the Kestrel, our first year when she did the Red Tail... Um, I picked her bird up, so I was flying both of our red tails there for a little bit. Yep. And then when she got a kestrel in the spring, it was like we didn't, we never stopped. Mm-hmm. She transferred her bird, um, and I flew to, I, I intermewed my red tail, and then she picked up a kestrel in the springtime, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so she's doing the kestrel, and like I was like, why are you gonna do this bird? Like this is not gonna be fun. And I was totally wrong. Like the kestrel, just you know, the first they look like a little little stuffed animal. You They're not. A claw I mean, machine. and then all of a sudden you see it like attacking the neck of a screaming starling, and you're like, was, wow, that's I mean, a yeah. lot of bird. Yeah, you know, they're, they're tiny awesome. little terrors. But that's a huge advantage that we've had is every year we've been doing falconry, it hasn't been one bird in the house; it's been two, right, or three. 
you know, I flew a red tail and a Cooper's Hawk at the same time at mm-hmm. one time. And and we both get to learn a well, lot. Well, you had a female coop and then I had a male coop. Sarah's, you know, I mean. Sarah's kestrel knowledge. Sarah's weight management. I'm kind of a, you know, throw oh, the food and me. see he, what happens. Oh, it kills me. And, and I'm like, well, me. I'll wear it lunch. You know, I'm not going to run out of calories. <laughs> like, oh my and, gosh. And Sarah kills it. But she actually helped me a lot with my coops. And, you know, we were figuring out. You know, you go to these levels of metabolism. It's not about grams go in and grams go out. It's about how much are they burning and how Where are you feeding them. How is their hydration and all this idiosyncrasies sure. yeah. that 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 has just helped us gain a lot of experience really fast. No, that's so. well. I mean, I well. Plus, I mean, if you guys obviously you you have so much going on with with all your horses and and the and the birds that you do have and everything. Obviously, you wouldn't. <laughs> well, you wouldn't want to do this, but if you guys wanted to, being as you're both licensed and everything, you could have double technically the double double we the do. amount of birds and oh, stuff yeah. too. You we know, do. I mean, and that's and that's and that's another cool aspect too. Is, is if you guys if you guys wanted to try, you know, a variety of of birds and stuff yep. in one season or whatever, you you legally technically could. Oh, yeah. do that. We definitely, yeah. it's definitely an advantage that we've we've had because what happens is you get a red tail, it doesn't work out, and then. You get another red tail, and something happens, and a lot of people are out. You have you have four tags instead of two, essentially, yeah. as a yeah. family. That's so cool. And as generals, you know, or or as masters, eventually, which I mean, pursuing that maybe, maybe not. <laughs> well, I'm I mean, ha- we're you, both happy generals. You pursue it kind of by default, anyway. I mean, yeah. it's, basi- it's basically just having it's having a bird for X amount of time for X amount of years. Yeah. I mean, it should be here in Tennessee. The the regulations have gotten a little random. How so? Um, they actually have required us, they required things from people at, at the point where they were filing for their, um, master for their, for their masters. Like, well, where's your journal? What uh, journal? I ha- Wait a second. I have heard this. Yeah. I, ha- I have heard. Oh, okay. and, and Well, and I've heard it from a couple other people. And it's here. not I've, just yeah, okay. that. We it's had to like, have one for our general. We had to have like yeah. There was no stipulation. But there's, in the but there's nothing book. in the regs, right? And no. then all of a sudden, just... it pops up. And and like like I said, being a master, the difference between a master and a general, it's all it's takes, all relative but, to well, us. Well, number yeah. of takes, but the some you know the type of birds you can get yeah. also, which really is. Yeah stuff that you necessarily wouldn't want to fly around exactly here anyway. no i mean yeah. there's nothing that's there. not true i'd like it on the record that i want to fly a golden eagle well, on a turkey I, I... one day <laughs> <laughs> and if lauren would uh if lauren is listening to this i uh I, i'm gonna petition you one more time to uh <laughs> we can get these laws passed and we can do it well i mean <laughs> the, theoretically you can you can catch a yeah you know, i mean the harrises that you have you can catch a nice wide variety of, of, yes. of games theoretically yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, game items I should say theoretically, um, it may not always be the best tool for the yeah. for the job. <laughs> but you know, I mean, it, uh, the the two the two birds at the same time thing is always an advantage that you're going to be able to have hunting oh, in, yeah. a, in a well, cast versus you know. And oh, yeah. during the time, I think we've had these two birds for what four or five years, um, four years, maybe four. I can't remember. We got we got it's pellet kind of, first from Vince Pontell yeah, who helped uh, me. He had two males, and he was hunting the two I, males. Yeah, Jared's and, known us for three years, and we've had them the whole time. Okay, so but four years? During the time that we've had these, I've had, right before we got them, I had a goshawk. We've had Cooper's hawk. Sarah had a prairie falcon. So, like, we've had these 
during this time, like you said, we mm-hmm. have this husband wife thing where we're able to do it. And, and I'll tell you what, I feel sorry for the people, for everybody else, because when I, when we're raising an imprint, whether it's a prairie or a coop or a, or a goshawk, when you've got an imprint at home and I, I work from the farm here, Sarah works yeah. up the road at my dad's training horses over there. But having somebody else to come in and pitch hit for you yep. makes it kind of cheating. Well, and it's it, yeah. I can I can definitely see where they'd be an automatic peace of mind too. Yeah. Say because say like you know if I left an imprint goshawk with with my wife, yeah. Um, the odds of me being divorced within about <laughs> um, within about twenty four to forty eight hours afterwards once it started getting bigger, yeah, um, would be higher than a normal daily basis. Um, which I, you know, love you, honey. That's it, not <laughs> always saying a whole lot. Just keep on but, yeah. but yeah, yeah. Well, you know, she she knows me well enough by now to know after 13 years, you know, that's you know, it's how it goes. But anyway, I mean, the, just having the peace of mind to be able to do what you need to do every day, and knowing that you, you're going to come home to a likely not dead bird because your your significant other knows what they're doing while yeah. taking care of it, and and you don't really have to go through the step by step. Okay, honey. What I'd like you to do is okay. Mm-hmm. You see this 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 chick head, I've just just these. the head, not the rest of the body. But but you know, you I've know, got these thing. separate baggies. Exactly. Yeah. So this is the baggie labeled Monday, and this is the baggie labeled Monday afternoon, morning, afternoon, evening, night, whatever. You know, it just not having to sit there and outline just oh yeah bullet point by bullet point what you want somebody to do. I can see would be a huge load off your. There are defining life, moments you know? in life, and there are defining moments in falconry. One of the defining moments in falconry, just a couple off the top of my head, was seeing a prairie falcon hit a pigeon. Sounded like a baseball bat. It was, it was awesome. So awesome. Um, seeing a sharpie explode, I couldn't believe the falconer. It was Vince Pontello again. Yep. Let's a sharpie's jesses go fast enough. This morning dove rips out of a warehouse right in front of us, and I mean literally six or eight feet in front of our faces going right to left and Vince lets go of the Jesses and that Sharpie blows up and catches that that dove and then for my final current illustration on this train of thought watching your imprint goshawk follow your wife back to the bedroom and jump on the bed (laughs) (laughs) and Sarah looks at me and goes you're not sleeping with that thing in there and I was like yes I am I was like look how cute she is and I took a picture I posted it I was like I was like you know know, one of my best friends when Sarah and I got married uh, looked at me and said the same thing he said to the best friend when he got married, which was, son, you've outkicked your punt coverage. Yeah. And yeah. when the <laughs> when the imprint goss jumps up in bed and just, you know how they lay down all the time, just, just nestles right in and fluffs right next to your wife, you're like, that's, that's a keeper. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm done well. Yeah, I think I'm done well. It probably wasn't hard pinned yet, was it? Uh, no. Yeah, I didn't no. think so. <laughs> no. No, but she was a good bird. Like, uh, I had a Finnish North American from Aaron Jones in California, and all the things cool that bird. Sarah is not, Sarah is very bold in certain ways, and in other ways, she's like, Josh, you're going to have to handle this. 
And she, Should I call man job? She, That's a man job. Yeah, yeah she called me. Sarah, Sarah's single-handedly fighting the feminist movement. But that's yeah. uh, a man job. That's a man job. She's Sorry. like, I can do everything you can do and better, but that trash is a man job. Yeah. Um, At least right now it is. Yeah, yeah exactly. So go, so go do it. Exactly. This, and this is my. This is another one of my delegating, uh, you know, assignments for you at this moment. Yeah, yeah exactly. But like, I I can remember, and this is why we another reason we get along so well. I don't remember was she on my head or your head? The I tame hacked the goshawk right out the door. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was standing on my head or her head, and she's like, Josh, I don't like this. And I was like, it's fine. Look, it's fine. And she no. was like, no, I don't like it. She flies down every time you come home from work. And if I, I'm not getting out of the car until you get home. But once you got her inside, she was fine. And that that she she pinned when she was out. Or yeah. If she wasn't pinned, she was Well, she would chase me, and not really chase me, but she would, like, <laughs> chase me into the house. She called me, and she said... I was said, like, oh, my gosh, She gosh. said, Josh, she can't be confusing me for you, but she's following me around in the yard, and I said, just let her in. I like, one of the dogs. Just, she just, just let her in. in. Yeah. yeah. I said, just let her in. So and she'd walk in like a puppy. And, and just she's walk in, just velociraptor like, walking around. Yeah, she's like two days from, like, being done with tame hacking, and she's, like, hanging out in our big hackberry tree where I park my car. She's like, I try to get out with our, you know, at the time, six-year-old child, and there's this giant <laughs> goshawk trying to, like, come at me. And I was like, she Josh, was, you have to get cool. this bird. I can't. This is too much. <laughs> she was she was raised. I mean, she she was completely raised inside. And, I mean, she was completely cool with everything and did some wacky stuff. And she would play with ass- socks. The like are awesome. And, and, you know, point of order, I think that the goshawks are absolutely the coolest. Uh, Sharp- I agree. Sharpies, <laughs> Sharpies and Coops are really cool. <laughs> You'll speak when spoken to. Sh- Sharpies and Coops are really cool. They are. And and all occipiters are like just the neatest birds. See, I I'm, I'm probably have more in common with her on this topic. We were talking about this actually, Jared, on, oh, on the way down. Um, not a big occipiter fan. I mean, I'm just, I'm just not. And I'm, it's not that yeah. I don't like them. I mean, I do. I respect them. I mean, the, the first rabbit I technically ever caught was... Um, one of the first handful of times that I went out hunting as an observer, my because you know, every, in my opinion, everybody needs to spend one season observing and going out. You know what I mean, and really getting a lot of exposure mm-hmm. with it, for, so they can really appreciate what all goes into it. So my first observing season, Mark, I think one of the first handful of times that we were out, let me fly Dixie, you know, his goshawk that everybody knows about and gives him a huge ego over and everything else um yeah that's right mark yeah um but anyway let me fly her and the first rabbit i technically ever caught was was with was with her you know a a female goshawk and it was cool i remember like barely seeing it happen because it happened so fast yeah yeah and and so i i understand that that's what makes people love goshawks is the fact that they're you know so fast off the glove this that and the other whatever but then I remember like another hunt or two later, whenever he was spending close to an hour trying to get her out of a tree or off a building or whatever the case was, I instantly thought, so everybody, everybody always has those moments where they, they think they have their mind made up early on what they're, what they think that they're going to like. Mm-hmm. And then it's funny to watch that change 
over a, a season or two of them actually mm-hmm. flying a bird. Oh yeah. Because yeah. I mean, I Jared was telling me that that you know, Sarah, you're not you're not a huge exhibitor fan. Oh for the my most gosh. Part. Yeah. So there's a video out there. <laughs> the, the yeah. There one. Sarah's video is yes. pretty good. Yeah. I love that video. I like I yeah. hate this. And she's bird. such a good sport about it because <laughs> she doesn't mind when I'm showing people. I'm like, look care. at this. Yeah. And she's like, yep, it's true. She's like, Cooper's hot. Yeah, staring uh, me, staring me in the face, fanning out its wings, and it was puffing like, up. She's it was like, trying to like... attack me. I've never seen someone look so uncomfortable in my life. <laughs> yeah, it was. And she was like, it's like Aubrey Plaza, but with yeah. holding a Cooper's hawk. Nice. It's a little I'm male. I'm still it wasn't not even convinced. Big. I still think that Sarah's favorite attributes of falconry. Um, Sarah likes the. She, she likes hunting little birds and I love the micros. Well, I mean, not little that's, birds. That's but me and see, that's, but I love that's me too. Hunting and I think like, that Sarah. Yeah. I think one day Sarah's going to do an imprint male coop, and she's going to be in heaven. I think no. one day it's going to happen. He wishes this. It's not going to happen. <laughs> Never. It's all right. Mark my word. Now, now, mark me. No. Now we're on. Yeah. Uh, it's on record now. Yeah, it's no, on record. This is this is going to be for the whole world. This is official. No, I, I I I just keep looking at that video. Of me. Sarah makes sure I don't get into too much trouble, and I make sure that her boundaries are expanded. I think my right. next bird her probably horizon. like a like a male peregrine. That's probably what I'll shoot for next. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm hoping to. Um, I've spent the last couple of seasons doing as much homework on Merlins as I can, and um, that's going to be the next bird. I'm training a prairie falcon, a male prairie falcon, yeah. right now myself, and and um, I, I can honestly say that, you know, I, I just I mean, this is another thing that Jared and I have talked about a lot too. It's just I'm my personality fits falcons more. It just it just does. I, They're yeah. neat you know? birds. They're I mean, awesome. I I just I my personality meshes a lot more with you know, with, with the Falcons personality, you know, and, and, uh, I, I like Harris's, um, they've given me a, <laughs> a lot of very fond memories and oh then, boy. you know, a few, um, a few not so fond memories. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if, if it wasn't for certain aspects, I would probably always have a Harris, um, yeah, for Harris's. sure, but they've given me enough, um, excitement in my life good and bad up until this point for me to give them a good break for a while yeah um all that being said too i mean my first red tail was was a really awesome you know male red tail and and he caught i think it was 34 cottontails you know the first season and everything so he kind of spoiled me a little bit on on red tails but at mm-hmm. the same time I knew right off the bat that there was a lot of different things that I would like more than hunting with red tails. That being said, you know, we're talking about this on the way down here too. So I I really, I really do want to try the squirrel deal with a red tail and stuff. And, you know, we, we don't hunt a lot of squirrels in our group. So it would be cool to have that little bit of diversity and stuff. And, and I, I've, you know, some guys like, like Mark, you know, they, they, they know they love goshawks and and exhibitors Mm -hmm. and that's Mm -hmm. all they want to fly. And they have a stay in your lane and he, per him himself, is like it's not exhibitor. Some people just gotta know when to stay in their lane, you know, <laughs> yeah. whatever. Yeah, exactly. And and, uh, and that's not really me. Like yeah. I, I want to try all the different species because I feel like I don't. I'm still early enough in this myself that if I don't try all these different species and stuff, that that I'm not truly gonna have an appreciation for what I like and also don't like. Absolutely. But but that's why I mean, especially micro falcons, absolutely love yeah. them. And yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to get a, a Merlin this fall. Um I'm I'm sure it'll happen one way or the other. I'm, I'm I I swore up and down that this year was going to be the year I was going to make it happen. 
Um, but I mean, I've flown two Kestrels now and, yeah. and, and loved both of them. Um, and this was my first big, uh, um, my first big hurrah with a bigger long wing. And so far I'm really enjoying it also, but, um, it's, it's always funny that that's always the other dynamic of learning and the more you get to know people like so if you got to know Mark pretty well you would understand within about the first 10 minutes of meeting <laughs> him why he's an exhibitor guy yeah and it, it's always funny whenever you you see you know the, these people's personalities yeah. and everything and, and the more you get to know them the more you understand why they like flying certain birds more than oh, others yeah. and that totally oh, yeah. correlates oh yeah no, so and I think I think that analogy fits me like the bird fits the person is like i am just crazy uh, in a lot of ways i i like to just jump into stuff yeah and i did that classic thing <laughs> i love the love yeah the sarah, sarah's like sarah's like i can well, confirm yeah um, we're, we're gonna have to start doing these with some video oh yeah. because yeah. Seeing, 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 <laughs> seeing, seeing, seeing the facial expressions is hilarious she's like he's you know sometimes it might benefit you before you look off the cliff just check out the bottom of the cliff before you well, it's the same thing with you like weighing your birds you're just like yeah whatever it'll be fine and i'm over here like <laughs> it's not but mm. it, it always is but that's because i'm there like are you sure that's gonna she work? will she'll go out she you know uh, sarah's like i'm bringing my bird in and, you know it's 34 degrees and she's like i'm bringing my hawk in i'm like it gets really cold in the desert like <laughs> yeah. the Harris hawks are I gonna be fine. But yeah. he's cold. And, and she's she's like, I'm 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 bringing pellet in, and she's like daring me, and she's like, I'm bringing pellet in. I'm going now. Are you gonna Are you gonna get scar? Are you gonna get her? Like you I'm should like, get no. her. And she's like, I'm getting scar. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> all right, fine. You know, whatever. Yeah, I'm like, if it's pellet, gonna be like 25 if degrees. If she's fatter than pellet tomorrow, he's gonna be chasing down a giant fox squirrel. It's gonna be your fault. Oh gosh, but, he's, but he tried. And Last that's year. what happened. As soon as I got my general, as soon as I got my general, I went straight for the coop and, and, you know, back to the personalities thing. I went to the coop and I did the goss and Sarah did the prairie. And, then, and you didn't penny the other Harris. Yeah. And, and, and I lost the, I lost a Harris really quickly. I got a Harris and then I, and then I lost her. I don't, I don't, we you never didn't... had a new cropsy done on her, but no. she just went. I mean, she was coming she along great. She just got her first I got kill. Her, I got her um, out of Kentucky, and she was coming along great. And then all of a sudden, she regurged once, and I took her directly to the vet, and they mm. could never find anything. Huh. They were just like, we put her on a bunch of stuff, and I, you know, tube fed her and did all this stuff. She and, couldn't keep anything down. And it she just, odd. and so weird. What's happened to me at this point? Um, because I've had a pretty diverse experience I've been able to fly with different people um and i know where i live i love the occipiters and i loved i loved sarah's prairie falcon i thought that I was the coolest thing falcon. ever but i've gotten this sense i guess i've been doing it long enough if i know anything i know that when you envision this bird or that you might fly or you envision that bird you envision it going well but if you're gonna step into another bird after you've been doing one thing or the other, you gotta envision what it's gonna be like when it goes poorly. Sure. With that particular, whether yeah. it's game, whether it's terrain, whatever it is. Like we went out to uh, Montana with Brian Brown and Natasha Leon to uh, 
to pull Saris Prairie as, as well. I went out there for goshawks too. But to pull Saris Prairie off of this, it, it they call it a knee in Montana, but it's it's a butte essentially. And you got three prairie nests, a ferruge nest, a golden eagle nest, and two great horned owls nests yeah. all, all on this within thing. about 10 feet of each other yeah yeah, yeah. and you're out <laughs> with snakes. here with and you're pulling this you, you know i'm rappelling down this cliff and i'm pulling these birds and when we're driving around montana because i don't go out to montana as a rule unless i've got at least eight probably ten days to spend out there because it's so much fun and it's such a wonderful place sure and you see on the way from their house to where where we pulled sarah's bird um I saw with my own eyes <laughs> nesting ducks, pheasants, uh, huns, you know. That is crazy. Yeah. Huge variety. Oh, and man. All these bird or all these upland game species. And and when you're standing there and you see that jacks, whitetails, sure. um, and mule deer, all these, this incredible wild game bonanza. And you're sitting there and you go, I got to bring this thing back to Tennessee. Right. You know, it's. It's is it doable? Yes, mm-hmm. it's absolutely doable. Do I want to do another goshawk? Yes, I really do. I want to do another goshawk, and I want to I want to tame Hackett here because it's such a great place, and and I want to go back into it. But imagining where it goes badly, or imagining that you don't have the game, imagining how hard it is. Because when I when Jared came down with his goss last year, I was like, this is a duck spot I checked out earlier this year. You know, at the very tail yeah. end of the Tennessee meet, I was like, come on, maybe we'll find a slip. And we were able to find a slip on some crows. But other than that, you know, it was really weak. And if I want, I know how hard it is to hunt a species that lives outside my door. And, sure. and I want to be good custodians of, you know, they say nothing trains a bird dog like wild birds. And it's the same thing for for raptors. Nothing trains a good bird like plenty of game. Yeah. Sure. I mean, you got you got to you got to have a plan for for the good and the bad. For and sure. A, and a solid plan and yeah. backup plans and all this stuff. And mm-hmm. and that's why in the dead of winter when I had my coops, I went out to bridges and assassinated pigeons in the dark. <laughs> and yeah. but it it was the bird didn't care the, no. it was good for the yeah. you know coops have that man coops are almost as maniacal as kestrels i mean they gotta kill some <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well except except that you know uh, yeah well uh, uh, the, the, the the home life with a kestrel would is far easier infinitely nicer yeah. and i was I, I, of oh, course yes. i was being a little facetious well, but sure yeah. i think i think the reason i said that is because people underestimate how exactly bloodthirsty kestrels are oh, well and, and how, yeah and, and but, how well and how um how um i don't know the, uh, the right terminology just how amazing workers they are they are oh, yeah. they're I diligent mean, they, they won't quit all day. they won't and, quit and when they get a good pattern going they get really comfortable with routine, it routine mm-hmm. routine routine but yes. that was the thing with my coops with the occipiters and i probably wouldn't do it with a 2400 goshawk because you never know what you're pulling down with a pigeon but in order to meet the bird's needs not my needs because 26 degrees outside and it gets dark at 350 Sure. So to meet the bird's needs, I would go out and I would I would go to a warehouse downtown or I'd go over here and I'd find a place to let that coop do what it naturally does. And sure. it and it didn't well naturally at night, 
but it didn't um, it didn't pick up on that. But once it did, it fulfilled the needs of the bird, and that's my primary concern when yeah. I when I pick sure. a species. So, um, so Sarah, what's what's next on your list then? What do you want to try next? Probably Another, male peregrine. Male I peregrine. tried the prairie, and I don't. I still not exactly sure what happened with that, but it was going quite well until it just wasn't. Right. Um, well, that's, that's, I mean, of course, just, that's any falconry bird yeah, too, I for mean, the most part. Uh, man, I that bird was just—he was awesome. I, I hate that he just left, but um, so male peregrine. I think you know, mm-hmm. and I, I talked to Lauren and Jeff about like what you know what their opinion was because Lauren's flown so much stuff, and, and you know Jeff's been around forever. And <laughs> sorry, Jeff. They just keep <laughs> like, staying, just around. Keep staying yeah. around. We can't do anything but, about it. But, uh, yeah. but they both kind of were actually probably pushing somewhere. more. <laughs> <laughs> they were both probably pushing more the male peregrine. They said they're just mm. a lot more loyal. Mm. And my prairie was loyal to a point, but he was kind of lazy. You know, it was like whatever was the easiest thing for him to do to get the job done, to get fed. He, he wasn't really into working hard. Like the kestrels. And they would, you know, they were just smart, and they were kind of in it for more the joy of yeah. it. He was a bit more like, meh. Right. And it was our first imprint yeah, falcon. Our f- I mean, yeah. we're not yeah. commenting on the nature of prairie no. falcon. Sure. Well, no. It was I mean, our imprint. Yeah, I, I, I get it. Yeah, I mean, mine, I, I pulled mine as, as an IS2, yeah. but is he is not imprinted. So he was he was a late pulled. Yeah. So was yours an early, like, fully imprinted? Um, was... I think we pulled him at what, Josh? Was it? It was a little Eight. late. It was like four or five days, maybe late. I, from from the opposite, he he had just started. He he was plenty. He was totally self regulating. Yeah. He had some. Um, but he was a but little paintbrush. He was okay. a little yeah. He but he was little, full. But he was a full imprint. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was full a full imprint. imprint. Okay. And I mean, he 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 never said I think a word. He just, I think he just needed a little more time. I think it was it was miserably hot. Yeah, it was August. And we're trying. There's no hack. He's miserably hot. So you're trying to get him. You can ask. You can ask Jared about how he's seen mine fly. What a dozen times now or so to the drone and everything. Yeah, mine is almost routine oriented. You know, which all falcons are, especially for to a fault. But he's he is to a fault. Like if you, I've noticed if I fly him outside even just an hour or two outside yeah. of his normal window yeah. or whatever the case mm-hmm. may be and he'll peace out i mean yeah. and but see i'm flying with gps also yeah and so, well and that's i i because like we i was doing the same thing that i normally do mm-hmm. had quail kind of i tried to it was early in the day it was normally well, no, we did it was, in the evening and yeah. we were like let's knock this out so we can go do something else and he was actually at his lowest weight we were cutting weight um gradually yeah. moving yeah. him into this uh moving him into this next phase of training because he'd gotten so he he was hammering what he was doing and we wanted to get him up in the air a little bit more yeah and uh but we we really needed to get it out of the way that day and he'd been so reliable we were like we're just gonna go out there we're gonna toss this this for him and 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 he's gonna come right down and he just and it was completely our fault. It's one of those yeah, things I mean, you know better. You know so much better. You could have seen yeah. it coming. It's, we had telemetry sitting right there. Yeah. And yeah. and instead of flying the, what, 50 yards he was supposed to fly to, to hammer this lure. And, and he just went to a tree line. He didn't sky out. Yeah. He, pieced, he didn't he, spec out. He, he still pieced out, though. Yeah. He went to I mean, a tree line. Yeah. And he was gone. 
And it yeah. was just and and whether it's that or whether it's Penny my my coop or I mean whether it's Penny my my Harris or whatever it is, there you know we do horses and fortunately that's a pretty safe thing most of the time. They it, get hurt. It was until a few weeks ago. My my upper level prospect my my dressage horse just randomly I just put her down like literally it'll be five weeks on Tuesday. But it's just, but when you do this, when you, when you work with, and it's kind of the same thing. I mean, you can argue value of animals and, and we all have that hierarchy in our minds, I guess. I don't know. Sure. But, um, it just, it just, there's no feeling like it when it goes bad and you lose one or something happens to one. It's just, and, but you know, it's just like we said earlier. Everything has a price, and the price is worth it. Yeah, it's worth it, is. it today. It, it's, is. it was worth it then. It's worth it today. And you just I agree. Keep on and, going. You know, and yeah. I might I might try another prairie at some point, but to go up to I mean, by the time I can just I can buy a male peregrine. Sure, I but mean, we the, knew the that trip, before we went. Yeah, to and I made that decision. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought it'd be neat because I know they they all sometimes like bust through brush you know they hunt a little bit differently than the male peregrine does so i was thinking well that might work great here just like a falcon but like a different style of flying a little bit i'm not looking to have a ringer that'll go up and you know but i loved i really wanted to fly the falcon i mean yeah. i just thought it was really well it's the, it the same way for me too i went with, i went into it with a mindset of course with everybody telling me that you know, how how silly it was for me to try and even do it around oh here. yeah but of course you know i i i went into it with the mindset i wanted to I wanted to learn how to train a bigger long wing. Yeah. Period. And, you know, I feel like I've accomplished that. Well, now that I've accomplished that, I'm going with plan B, which is, you know, moving into the next phase mm-hmm. of training, and then plan C, which is your phase, I shouldn't say plan, but phase, you know, C or phase three or whatever of of uh, transitioning to, you know, the wild game. But yeah. I've also been taking my time a little bit more because most of what I plan on hunting with them is not in season yet anyway. Yeah. So, you know... I figure another month, you know, whenever, mm-hmm. by the time things are in season, you know, like ducks and everything that I want to try with yeah. them, I will have hopefully established the, I'm not looking to fly them from thousand foot no, stoops yeah. or I mean, I mean three, yeah. three, 400 feet, you know, yep. at the most. Ideally. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And everything else. I mean, that, that's, I mean, it, I'm. Well, and this has been, uh, somebody told, this, this occurred when I was thinking about doing a coop and I really liked it because some, me and Vince were talking. I don't remember which one of us actually said it, whether I said it to him or he said it to me, honestly. But I said, I think I said, he was talking about the gravity of the decision to try and fly a Cooper's Hawk and a passage at that because passage, yeah, you don't want to fly an imprint for your first one, in my opinion. But yeah. but he said he said how many. I, or I said to him, how many red tails do I need to fly till I'm ready to fly a coop? <laughs> and that's the thing. It's the yeah. same thing. Yeah. How many coops do you need to fly to get yourself ready for a peregrine? Yeah. It's, well, it's, it might as, you might as well be like. Night and day difference. Yeah. yeah. You might as well yeah. be like, well, I'm a great horse trainer. I think NASCAR is the place for me. Oh, yeah. yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. No, you know, I, I mean. No, I totally get it. I mean, yeah. it's the same thing with, you know, I've, I've asked, you know, very experienced guys, you know, I was like, well. What what should I do most to prepare me for Merlin? And I had one you know one very esteemed person tell me, well, you know if you can successfully fly a passage coop or two, then that that might be the closest thing, kind of sort of to kind of getting yourself ready for the mentality because it's its own thing, you know, yeah. like flying a flying a Merlin versus like a, 
you know, like a passage coupe, whatever. Lord knows, there's there's enough opinions to oh, go around, you know, for exactly, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, so. I think there are some fundamental skills that definitely make a well-rounded falconer, yeah. and being able to take game consistently with a red tail, and being able to do the weight management on a kestrel, I think gives you a fantastic base for moving sure. on, and and there's this whole thing. If I could impart anything to, um to somebody who's looking into falconry or, or doing they're they're going to read a lot about weights they're going to read a lot about managing different birds everything <laughs> they're yes. gonna a lot yeah of, they're going to read a lot of different perspectives about different species and, and they're going to get an Facebook. idea yeah. about what That's they're right. going to do opinion. right right and after they've asked about you know 20 other people's opinions <laughs> and the people yeah. out yeah, there <laughs> the people out there yeah facebook oh my gosh help yeah. Us. yeah but um <laughs> But the people out there who do the black magic with birds, who are capable of training birds in certain ways, I'd say Jeff's one of them. Mm-hmm. You know, he will take people's money all the time, betting he can fly one in 12 days. And I don't know how he gets them back, honestly, but he gets them on game real fast. But there's people out there like him, or there's, you know, the goshawk whisperers, or marks people like that yeah who do this so well and and the skill that they have if there's one thing that i can give to the aspiring falconer is learn how to read a bird exactly yeah whether it's your bird whether it's your species whether it's whatever it is reading birds will save you every time and that knowledge is something that you absolutely cannot get from reading a book. No, you can't no, no, get it from reading a book. Nobody's going to explain it to you enough. And for that matter, you can only get so much of it from someone showing you. Also, exactly. But the, the bottom line is: is learn how to read your bird by flying your mm-hmm. bird. Yeah. Period. And and interpreting those signals and listen to them when they come. And yes. you And you yes. say, it's almost. There is almost never a situation, almost never, where you say, I didn't have any idea that was going to happen. Well, and, and, and not only that, but if you do, or if it, if it goes over your head or you don't listen, and the mistake that will happen afterwards, um, if that happens, then learn from it and don't do it again. Exactly. And that, that's, that or to me is, is why it happened. Well, if, yeah. you, if you've got something that that you're like this isn't right and i know it's not right you it's just like adaptability is so important in this game and it's so important with things like you know i you hear the stories all the time where if it's a square peg and a round hole mm-hmm. stop right because uh, you know i've i don't yeah. know the amount of times i've heard somebody say this cooper's hawk or this goshawk is broken it will not fly to my fist at any weight then feed it up and let it go. Or stop flying it to the fist. Yeah. Fly it to yeah. the lure. Yeah. And pop it up to the fist. That's that yeah. was Vince's thing. Oh, yeah. How's he popping up? You know, yeah. Vince Vince would ask me when I was doing my first coup, he'd be like, So he's so he's coming to the lure, he's he's hammering the lure, right? Yeah. How's he popping up? How fast is he popping up? Because I you know, I flew them. But but adaptability is important. Sure. You know. Um but yeah, no, on, and uh, I totally agree. But on, on that note, um, I think that this would probably be a good stopping point 
because believe it or not, we were already at an hour and twelve minutes. Oh wow! Time flies when you're having it does. fun. Does yeah. exactly, which I, I did. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this was this was a lot of fun, and I really appreciate you guys uh, on, especially on the short notice, taking oh, the yeah. time to do this with me and stuff. And absolutely, you know, we it's um, it's always nice, you know, whenever people are, are open to, to sharing their experiences yeah. and everything, and I appreciate it. So I'm not going to thank Jared for for assisting <laughs> on this because you no, know, thank you, Jared. Yeah, <laughs> I just wanted a free ride down here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's yeah he's he got the privilege of being able to come along for this but no and I appreciate yeah thank you Jared for for hooking this up I no do problem. appreciate it so anyway um well, let's go have dinner yes let's, let's go do eat. it sounds like all right food all right thanks again guys appreciate it and thank you again to Josh and Sarah Hoos for having us down and thank you again Jared for helping set this podcast episode up it was really cool getting to meet them and see their horses and and uh, the property they live on. It's really beautiful down where they where they live at. So it was really cool seeing and meeting them for the first time. And hopefully we will do this again soon with them. But as always, if you want to keep up with all the happenings going on with us, tune in to falconrytold.com. And, uh, you know, always feel free to check us out. And right now the um, episodes will still be primarily streamed from the website until we get everything else set up and ready to go. So, Keep on checking back with us, and as always, also, if you know of anyone who uh, wants to possibly approach uh, sponsorship, hit us up at uh, the Falconry Told website, and also to the people who have been kind enough to uh, throw us a donation here and there. Uh, we really appreciate it, and as always, we can never uh, stop thanking you enough for your kindness in doing that. See you again next week, and thank you again so much for tuning in with us. So be safe, take care, and we'll see you soon. Thanks. Thanks.